Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Clark and I are walking through Matthew chapter 2, which should make you just even more expectant and hopeful and excited for this season because it's all about the Magi and baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And so um, just going to sit in this a little bit and reflect and share what stuck out to us, how we met the Lord. And um, that's it. Let's do it. Mm. You go. What stuck out to you? Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> well, that's, you that's what stood out to me. Yeah, this is one of those two that's like, you probably heard this story once or twice. You know, it's recorded other places. It's been commercialized now, too. And so I think this is one of those that you read and maybe you're like, oh, I've heard that. I know that. Oh, yep, the Magi. Oh, King Herod. Oh, that's terrible. And so just an invitation today to actually sit in it. And as you listen to the podcast and maybe go back to your Bible reading, um, just ask the Lord, okay, like, what it, what do you have for me today? Lord, where are you going to meet me? For and sure. So he will. So I think at this point in the, the scriptures, it's... It's quite possible that a few years have passed since the birth of Jesus mm-hmm. is what church historians and really the church itself has always held on to. So when the Magi showed up to give their gifts, it wasn't like sweet baby Jesus, two weeks old, swallowed in cloths. It was probably, he might have been two years old Taller, at this point, yeah, running around, you know, causing mischief. Um, what, what stands out to me right away is these Magi travel a great distance, most likely from like Babylonian, Persian, a descent, and they travel a long ways, and they come to Herod full ex- in full expectancy, just like where where's the king of yeah. the Jews who's been to be born? And what's fascinating to me is that they pull open the Jewish scriptures to confirm what they are wrestling with, and so God spoke to them and met them in their kind of native language, astrology. Right. But also they have these outsiders who come in and sit with the chief priests. That's what it says in verse 4. It says, And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And then they opened up the scrolls. They told him, Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what was written by the prophet Micah. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So just outsiders coming in and fully accepting the yeah. Jewish scriptures to be true and accurate so that they would know where to go. And I'm just thinking of my my view of the Bible, how I handle the scriptures, how mm-hmm. I, I, I digest them and meditate on them and memorize them. And I'm just encouraged that if these outsiders can come in and this can be pinpointed and come to fulfillment – how grateful I am that we have Jesus Christ, the Bible's completed, has everything we need to know about God for salvation, mm-hmm, for becoming mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ and just partnering with the Holy Spirit and how to live and worship and treat people. And yeah, it just that, that part really stuck out to me. Yeah. Well, that's it was curious because you're talking about the scriptures and how God can meet us and, and does meet us in the scriptures. And one of the most prominent ways in this chapter that God... And his messengers are meeting people are through dreams. Mm. And so that was like one definite noticing, um, really kind of beginning at the end of chapter one, verse 20 with Joseph. And then you read again about an encounter that the Magi have after they're leaving Herod in verse 
12 of chapter 2, and then another dream, again, for Joseph in verse 13, telling them to get up and go to Egypt. Yeah. And then another dream for Joseph saying, um, take the child back. In um, verse 19. In 19. And then another mentioning also is verse 22, having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the wow. district of Galilee. So that, that's like four, five dreams in like 25 verses yeah, from really chapter one to chapter two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, well, saying, as you bring that up, one of the questions <laughs> a lot of us probably ask is, does God still speak in dreams today? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How would you answer that? You know, we, there's really no distinction and you probably, you could spend, you know, 15 podcast episodes talking about just like this type of, um, stuff, but there's really no indication to say like God stopped talking to people in dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, first Corinthians or something. And so while we definitely hold the Bible and what we've been giving the written text as God's, you know, inerrant and holy word. Uh, yeah, we do think that in supernatural ways that God can meet us. And whether that's in creation or in a dream or just in the body of Christ, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something we've we've talked about before on the podcast. But we probably almost every morning when we're eating breakfast, we'll ask the kids just, hey, you know, how did you sleep? Um, did you have any dreams? Did you meet the Lord in any of your yeah. dreams? You know, we ask that during the day too. Often as well. <laughs> yeah, like you said, almost every day. And then after nighttime also. And so night can be one of those times, you guys, um, where it's quiet. And maybe some of you are up in the night. Um, so maybe it's a direct dream, like we're talking about with Joseph, but maybe it's just inviting the Lord in when you're up, go and pee too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, for us, I think that's been, that's been a way that we have had conversations with people um, about, okay, hey, I actually do think that, you know, I, I met the Lord in a dream. What do I do with mm-hmm. it now? And so what's wonderful about where we're at now in history is that we have, we've got the Holy Scriptures and we've got this text that really will help us because we know what God has said, what God has done. We can look back and see his nature and his character and we can really sift and work through kind of the truth about what might be going on in our dreams, you know, as our brain is analyzing and reflecting on our day. Um, But we can can take those tidbits that we might believe – are the Lord speaking mm-hmm. through our dreams, and we can and we can examine them with the scriptures. Yeah, and there's so many examples throughout the Bible of God speaking through dreams. You go back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in Jacob's ladder. Right. You go to Joseph, who is the interpreter of dreams, and comes to Pharaoh and ends mm-hmm. up saving God's people by getting a prominent position in Pharaoh's palace. You go to the New Testament. There's other examples. I think of one of the most um, kind of extreme was Pontius Pilate's wife had a dream mm. about Jesus right before his crucifixion, mm. and she warned her husband. Um, so definitely. Now, what's cool about this, too, is that today we actually have legit science behind our brain and, like, what happens oftentimes in dreams as well. Totally. Where, like, our brains are filtering information and experiencing experiences and trying to categorize them and, and sort them and order them mm-hmm. within our brain. That's why sometimes you're like, I had a dream yeah. that I was writing a... a a unicycle with a purple elephant behind me holding an umbrella while we ate in and out and you're like what on earth is that sometimes <laughs> it's your brain just filtering information mm. i'm not sure but then if you do have a dream like bobby said you feel like i think the lord might have spoke to me that's exciting do not write it off say submit that to some a team of people that you trust 
and say, what do you think about this? What do you believe the Lord is calling me to do with it? Hmm. And obviously you never do anything that's contradictory to scripture, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of things like, should I move to another city? Maybe God spoke to you. Submit that to a team, seek the Holy Spirit, pray and read the scriptures and it's a Holy Spirit adventure right there, folks. I mean, you even said something like, don't write it off. Write it down. Yeah. You know, maybe that's something. Like, maybe if you look back on the last six months and you've really had, you've woken up with this really big urge, you know what? I think I really need to X, Y, Z. And you've written that down, like, on your bedside. That might be another way to pay attention. And like Clark said, then submit it um, with folks that are trusted, that maybe are experienced, um, that know you, that really know the Lord and they can help discern and do dream interpretation and the Bible, obviously, mm-hmm. um, as you just examine and discern moving mm-hmm. forward. But that's probably one thing that really one of the main takeaways for me probably was, wow, just the noticing of how God comes and meets his people. So he's literally coming in himself, the babe of Jesus. Sweet babe. Then he comes in dreams to Joseph. He's already come in a dream to Mary. Then he comes multiple times to Joseph. And then he even comes to these magi guys through astrology, like Clark said in their native like language. And then even in a dream for them, warning them about Herod. And so just that picture and reminder again that we know all throughout the old testament that god wants to be with his people god meets his people where they're at and so that's a prayer just even today like okay god please meet me where you're at give me eyes to see help me pay attention help me write these things or remember these things or say these things out loud so that i can just to continue to declare this truth that you're a god who wants to meet me where i'm at and then another thing just for me you guys was so amazing in this is joseph's role he's stepfather you know to to jesus and he hasn't had these experiences that mary had literally growing a baby and yet he listens Hmm. and obeys um and this, this is huge if you go back there's this word the Old Testament called, uh, the word's called Shema. And so it can be a collection of scriptures and Deuteronomy. That's actually a really, um, kind of has become an important passage to our family in Deuteronomy 6. But the word itself literally means to hear and to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like the simultaneous truth that as I'm hearing, I'm, I'm doing. I'm obeying. Yes. I'm obeying. And so you know, while we want you to exercise wisdom when you're, you know, in discernment and and use the body of Christ when you're hearing and obeying dreams, like one thing we know for sure, folks, is that when we're hearing the written word of God in his holy Bible and the scripture, like we don't want to just be hearers. We want to be hearers and doers. Mm-hmm. And if you think about Joseph's role here, like this is not easy. Like, Hey, get up and move, like move your whole family, your pregnant wife, your, you know, all of your, your cloaks and your tent and your animals. And like, Whoa, that, that type of obedience that these teenagers really marry, um, and having baby Jesus and, and saying yes. And now Joseph, who, you know, is probably a little older. Um, that type of obedience is just that's an encouragement to my heart mm-hmm. right now too. Is like, wow, let's let's hear and let's listen. Let's read God's holy written text, uh, and let's act. Yeah, you know, let's live and obey. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a really helpful word, and it's so true. And then God's word will help guide you, guide us in like the rainy days and the sunny days, and through the dreams and just the mundane of life. Um, what kind of sticks out to me as well? Again, at the end of this chapter, I would add 
is kind of that that sad scene of Herod killing the baby boys. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting about this is the town of Bethlehem. Look at the Hebrew of that word, Bethlehem, which li- literally means the house and bread. So that town is known as the house of bread. It's where the bread of life came from, Jesus Christ. It's used all throughout the scriptures, um, but it only had 500 inhabitants when Jesus mm-hmm. was born there. And oftentimes in this time and age, you'd have extended families living on compounds together. So mm-hmm. of that 500 people, there, there's probably only a handful of families right. that, that live there that had their nieces and nephews and sons and daughters and mm-hmm. great-grandkids and grandkids all living within walking distance of each other. So when Herod comes and, and kills all the male children trying to eliminate um, the, the coming Messiah, and think about the spiritual warfare behind that too, of Satan mm-hmm. trying to figure out where's this Messiah, we yeah. need to take him out. Um yeah, it would have been close to home for a lot of those people. Yet God spoke through dreams. He encouraged Joseph to mm-hmm, leave. Mm-hmm. He saved the day. And uh, But yeah, Bethlehem a, it comes up 20 different times in the Bible, 11 different books. So it's such a small little place that plays such a prominent role yeah. in God's story, God coming to us. So, you know, there's Matthew chapter 2. It's a lot of fun reading it. God's always meeting us in this story. Mm-hmm. Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.